your seatbelts. It's time for Brett Favre. Going into the goal line and caught by Chamora. Brett Favre on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy is presented by Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. And sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live on Common. And by the Sportsbook at Island Resort and Casino. Red left slot, 51 x five flank across the one, right? here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy to be joined by the gunslinger, the legend, the Hall of Famer, Brett Favre. Good morning, Mr. Favre. How, can I call him Mr. Favre, Chewy, or does that seem a little too formal to you? You can call him whatever you want as long as he's not late for dinner. <laughs> Hi, bud. What's up, Chew? <laughs> How you guys doing? You know what's going to be weird is talking to him seriously. <laughs> like asking him real qu- uh, Brett, we've never done that. Uh, no, I don't think we have. Uh, that would be odd. <laughs> like, I, I try to keep it as lighthearted as possible. That's why we love you. That's why we're doing this. Can I just start with one thing, Brett? I've never understood why Chewy calls you too live. And then he said it's two live crew. I've looked up two live crew's catalog. It is very, very raunchy very very dirty so two live crew came yeah, from where where's that nickname coming from i well i it, i think it it uh it started with um the longest yard paul crew yeah uh, which bird reynolds played uh the quarterback for the for the for the prison uh team and i i think chewie just took it another step further or several steps there's two live crew and, and Paul Crew, totally unrelated, have nothing to do with either, uh, but yet he's uh, typical Chewy. He takes one thing and, and uh, manifests it into, uh, you know, before long, it's uh, the lines are blurred. I don't know what, what's kinda, the reality of what. Kind of like my math, Brett, the one time in the team meeting I went, there's a 65% chance that this is going to happen, but there's also a 45% chance that this could happen. And he is absolutely correct. He did. And he, I will say this. He was dead serious when he a dead serious. when he said this. Okay. So speaking yeah. of math, Brett, you know, Chewy has had a very difficult time transitioning from the 16-game season to the 17-game season, so much so that he has to go out of autopilot, right? Because, you know, you guys just used to be able to throw it out, 10 and 6, blah, blah, blah. And now he just says 7 in the math because he doesn't want to do the arithmetic to figure out what the other number would be when he's talking about a team record. Do you have an equal amount of trouble figuring out the new schedules and, and, and records with the new 17-game season? Yes, I do. And, and to take it a step further, I think the, the game itself um, has, even though in some respects, it hasn't been that long ago since we played. In, in others, it's it seems like, you know, uh, eight years. Uh, just just how much the game changed, the way they practice, um, the, uh, uh, the rule changes. And I, I think a lot of the things that have changed are for the better, especially rule changes in regard to uh, – 
player safety. I mean, you can't even – you even look cross-sided at a quarterback and you get a penalty. Yeah, you know, so it's it's really has blossomed into it. And, all, I mean, this is the day and age of offenses, and it reminds me of the run-and-shoot college days with Houston. You know, uh, I think David Klingler, Andre Ware, uh, guys like that just putting up astronomical numbers. That's the state of the, the NFL. And so they had another game just – yeah, is putting the cherry on top. I mean, it's defenses are kind of uh, a thing of the past right now, and and I think in saying that, Green Bay's defense probably will be, barring injury, be the best defense in the league when it's all said and done. Will that result in a Super Bowl win? Time will tell, but I do think that they're vastly improved and, and going to be hard to score against. And so. Uh, but that being said, you know, it's you add another game, it it, it doesn't resonate yet. Uh, I find myself, you know, saying, well, you know, the last game, week 16, oh, no, they got another game. They add another game, they take a preseason game away. Uh, you, you know, so uh, it's going to take some getting used so, to. So, Brett, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, the offense and the defense, and, and you think the Packers' defense could be the number one team in the league. I mean, you guys had a great defense back in 96 and had that great balance of offense-defense. And yeah. Chu has had said many times that the defense kind of saved you guys a little bit in that Super Bowl with as well as they played in the four turnovers. But in 2002, can a team that's defense first win a Super Bowl? Um, yes. I mean, there's, there's no law that says they can't. Um, you know, it's, it's a... It's a back and forth, you know, dilemma, question, argument, whatever you want to say that you can't win with this or you can't win with with without this. Um, I think I think it's about making the most and seizing the, the opportunity when it's there. And so may, maybe the offense carries a a team, you know, for 15 straight weeks, and the, the one time that it matters, the defense pulls through or the special teams. Uh, pulls through, you know, it's, it's about making the most of the opportunities. And, they'll, they, you know, we know the Packers can score. That, that's, that hasn't been the issue uh, for the most part. Now, defensively, I think they've been really good. Uh, but I think when needed the most, uh, and I'm sure they would all agree to a man on, on, in regards to the, the players themselves and the coaching staff, they just need to make one more play at the right time. And and I do think the pieces are in place uh, to to do that. But yeah, I you know, I I think I think any you know, defensive mentality football team can win it. Uh, you know, the old saying you gotta run the ball and you gotta play good defense. Um yeah, I, I you know, unless you can score fifty points every game and, and guarantee that. Um, you know, I'm not a firm believer, and you have to do one in order to to be a championship team. Um, I, th- I think you just have to be good, opportunistic in all the phases, good enough to to make the most of the opportunity when given that opportunity. So, so Brett, with that being said, I mean, we all know they lose Devonte in the off season and don't really replace him with a marquee receiver. 
You know, they got two older guys that have bounced around in Watkins and Cobb. Lazard's a nice guy, and they got a bunch of young guys. So if you're Minnesota with we don't think anyone's worthy of being double teamed on this roster, how would you how would you defend them if you're Minnesota? Do you sit back and cover two? Do you play man and blitz? How how would you stop this off? Unproven on well, this. Well, uh, unproven to a certain extent. You know, I, I, you threw out some some names that yeah are new, but you you threw out some names that are certainly established. And, and of course, it it all starts and originates from from the quarterback position. And, and Aaron has been prolific uh, for many many years. And there's no reason to think that that will change. Um, will he, will he? Find a receiver that was as uh, as efficient and and a big play guy as Devonte Adams. Well, time will tell that. But I I do think that they will be, um, you know, a thirty plus point a, a game team uh, offensively. As, in regards to how you play them, I don't know enough about Minnesota uh, defensively, especially now with the new regime. I think I think that you go in and bend but don't break mentality. And I think that that goes to, uh, w- with really any team that plays against the Packers until they show their cards. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be the first team to play against them, in other words, because there's the unknown, yeah. uh, which scares me with it, with Aaron. I was the defensive coordinator. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin presents the Brett Favre Show each and every week. Get back in the game faster with no appointments needed at Ortho ASAP. Just walk right in. Stop hurting. Start healing today at Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. Farvey, can I call you Farvey? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait you're going to jump? I relate more to that than Mr. Favre. Yeah, I was about to say, you want to start from like the most formal way to address him to jump right into Farvey. Yeah, Ten minutes in. we've got to know each other a little bit here. I'm feeling very comfortable. So, Farvey, we're trying to figure out if well, Jordan Love is any good. And you, obviously, are one of the best at assessing talent when it comes to the quarterback position. Is Jordan Love, and I'm not saying he's got to be great, I'm not saying he's got to be a Hall of Famer like you and we assume Rodgers is going to be, but is he any good? Is he good enough to take this franchise and and carry on the legacy if Rodgers decides to sail off into the sunset? You know, I don't know, and 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 I'm not being disrespectful in any way shape or form with Jordan Love. I mean, yeah, it's hard to judge anything on on preseason. Um in the in the few and very few times that he's gotten a chance to play in the regular season. It's just uh, you know, I the 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 coaching staff who has been with him for several years, the organization who have seen him, I think it's the things that we don't see that will ultimately determine can he play or be the leader for a long time? They obviously drafted him for a reason, uh, and good reason. Some we probably know a lot about, others we don't. His leadership skills, um, it's hard to to judge based on what little bit he's gotten to play and the fact that he's, he's on the sidelines 99% of the time. Um, you'll find out a lot when he's thrust into a situation where it matters, if that makes sense. But, uh, I mean, if you, if you, what little bit I've seen of him from a talent perspective, yeah, that's not an issue. Arm strength is good. Uh, doesn't have to be great. 
I mean, Tom Brady's got average arm strength at best, but he's been dominant for many years. Peyton Manning, you know, was average at best arm strength, had a tremendous career. Drew Brees, average uh, height, size, arm strength, had a tremendous career. So I, I, I think from a talent perspective, he, he's above or uh, certainly equal to those guys that I mentioned. Will he make the throws that Aaron makes? Yeah, I think it's unfair to, to say he can or can't. But I, what I've seen from him, what little bit I've seen, he, he can make the plays uh, to be a, a great player. But, again, it's the things that we don't see or get a, a chance to uh, to be a part of, meetings, how he prepares, how he practices, what, what, what leadership skills does he possess. Those are the things that I think is going to – uh, is he a student of the game? Does he soak it all in? Does it come to him natural? Uh, does he have good instincts? Uh, again, those are things that we really haven't been able to see. Well, Brett, the last time we went through this as Packer fans was trying to figure out if Aaron Rodgers could you know, be the guy and be a guy that could be a starter in the league, and obviously you were there. At what point did you know that Aaron Rodgers could be successful in the NFL? Well, the things I mentioned... It, it, in my my time with Aaron, he didn't really get a chance to showcase the leadership skills. Uh, I knew he was smart. He picked up on things very well. Um, he was likable, but I think the thing that stuck out the most was now I you know obviously was in the latter part of my career. I of all the quarterbacks that had, had come and gone, or that I had played uh, against over my career up until Aaron got there. Um, I'd never seen anyone that could could equal my arm strength or re- the quick release uh, part of it. And his and his footwork and and mechanics uh, were a lot like mine. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but but I'd had a pretty good career up to that point. But I I was really impressed with uh, how quick he got the ball out, how accurate he was. His arm strength was great. Uh, so from that perspective, I, I knew, you know, he doesn't have to improve any in the, in those regards. Um, it was just a matter of him getting a chance to play. Um, so I, I I'm not going to say I was or wasn't surprised at his uh, overall success up to this point. But I mean, you, you have to you have to be just com- completely blown away with the success and, and the playmaking ability that he's that he has had. I mean, it's done it year in and year out. He makes throws that most guys wouldn't even attempt. Um, and, and did I see that in him? I can't say I did or I didn't. And, I, again, I, no disrespect. I mean, it's just hard to, to say that guy right there is going to play X number of years and, and have, uh, you know, prolific numbers year in and year out, especially in the latter part of his career. I mean, I don't know if you can predict that with anyone. So to say that Jordan Love has got that potential – um, would you know? I, I wouldn't want to put that on him uh, th- this early in his career. 
Brett Favre joining Jen, Gabe, and Chewy as he will each and every Monday during the football season starting today. Do you like what they're doing with training camp and do you like what they're doing with the preseason games, Brett? Because it is so different than when you and Chew were out there mixing it up, right? I mean, Rodgers doesn't even play. The starters don't even play. Chewy has said he needed that time. He needed that tune-up. He needed to kind of like work himself into a lather in order to be ready for the regular season. Are you surprised at all about how teams like the Packers have approached the preseason season now sitting their starters you know what it's just it's a different era and and we have to learn to accept it as as it is um you know it's my first year in the national football league which seems like you know a a millennial ago uh was in atlanta it was two a days it was four preseason games but after the first week we did when i say two a days and it was hot in Atlanta. It was two a days. I mean, full pads every day, two times a day. We ran sprints after the afternoon practice every day. And after the first week of, of uh, at the end of the first week of training camp, we flew a one day trip. Now this you, you, this will baffle you. You know, compared to today's game, we flew to Portland, Oregon and had a scrimmage game, a scrimmage game with the Seattle Seahawks. We got off the plane, took a bus to the Portland Stadium, got dressed, scrimmaged, got right back on a plane, flew back to Atlanta. And now I will say this, we had one practice the following day. And, you know, the the older linemen typically were bitching and complaining and moaning and groaning, but it didn't do any – there were fights every day in practice. Uh, but it was six weeks of training camp. Um, now, the latter part of training camp, we went to more one-day full pads and would have a short, more of a walkthrough uh, in the afternoon. But I mean, you would, you'd get thrown under the jail for doing that now in the National Football League. <laughs> now, who's to say which one is better? If everyone's doing the same for the most part, the same protocol, which they are in the in the league today, then it's it is what it is. You know, it's more about protecting players, keeping them healthy, uh, creating more longevity for players. Uh, I get that, you know, I I do get that, but uh, I, I think the physical part of the game has suffered to a certain degree, and I, that's nothing against the players. It's it's the mentality and how it's coached. You know, the old school mentality is, is gone, except for Belichick. I mean, he's kind of a dying breed. He, he wants to probably hit in practice and probably sneaks in more hitting than, than he's supposed to, I, I, I would assume. Um, you know, guys probably go to him and say, that, you know, the uh, Players Association says that we can't have – I don't care what they say. We're padding practice today. You know, that's a dying breed. Um, so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's about when the, when the games are for real, it's about having the stars out there and them shining and, uh, whatever we got to do to, to, you know, to keep that and maintain it week in and week out, we're going to do. So Brett, when you see like John Lynch and, uh, John Elway and even Doug in Jacksonville, do you ever get that itch to do that? To maybe be a head coach or or run a run a team, you ever get an itch? 
No, not not. I mean, it, it's crossed my mind. You know, like when when John went to to San Francisco, kind of out of the blue, and he he's done an awesome job. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think a lot of John, but you know, I went out there for for a regular season game one time. I was filming something for NFL Network, and uh, got a chance to talk to John. And I asked him how he, how how it was going, how he liked it, and he loved it. You know, and, I, and that's fine to each his own. I I enjoy my free time, and you know that's a that's a level of stress that I don't want to take on um, because I think, and you're probably the same. You know, I mean, guys that have been around a long time in in just the football world, not to mention college, high school, pros. Um, probably feel like they could do a good job of, of gauging talent and could do a good job of putting together together a, a, a really good nucleus of, of players and, and field a great team. But that's not always the case. And uh, reality is, it's, you know, the old saying, just because you were a good player doesn't mean you're a good coach. Um, that's, it's just not a level of stress I want to take on. And as in regards to being a coach, I think I would like being a coach, but not at that level. Maybe high school, maybe college. You know, I, my free time is is too valuable to me. To uh, you know, as you know, especially professional coaches. I mean, they I always kind of joke and say that they have no life. Yeah, their life is football, and that's it. Did Doug's never tried to get you? Hey, come be the quarterback coach for a year. No, because he he no, because he knows better. He does, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want him to waste the phone call. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, and, and my good friend Daryl Bevel, yeah. great coach, great coach, and uh, I thank the world of him. He's been. It's kind of like a journeyman and 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 a position player who's bounced around and has played for twelve different teams. You know, Daryl's lived in just about every part of the country, and. Uh, and, and continue, continues to love it and, and, and do a great job. But, I mean, I again, I, I kind of like where I am and the peace of mind that comes with it. All right, enough with the serious crap. All right, there's two great training, stamp, training camp stories I love about Brett. Brett, the one in Toronto where we play in Buffalo. Uh, but uh, I, I don't hear, remember that. Yeah, well, you want me to tell it? Because <laughs> I was the good boy in this one. <laughs> But the other one that I want to hear that I wasn't around for, when Sherm was the head coach, did you leave a preseason game a little early? Um, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, we. I think we were playing Tennessee. I think it was the last preseason game of that year. I can't remember what year it was. And uh, Mike Sherman told me one. Of, maybe the only time I didn't dress for a, a preseason game. And I, I'm like you. I. I I wanted to play in preseason. I want. Yeah. I, if I'm gonna practice and put in the hard work day in and day out, I want the, the reward for me was always to play. Preseason didn't matter. I'd sure much much rather uh, be playing than watching. I mean, if I'm gonna practice. But this one particular game uh, at home, we're playing the, uh, the Titans. He says, "Hey, yeah, obviously you're not gonna play. Just just dress in your street clothes." So a monsoon comes, like maybe towards the end of the first half, I think, and lightning, thunder. 
so I, I and I lived like a half a mile from the stadium, and uh, I go home. An hour passes, two hour passes, and I we we were planning on leaving right after the game anyway. So I, I told Deanna and the girls, I said we're going home. Deanna said, "Well, they they still may play the game." I'm like, "They ain't playing the game. <laughs> it's thundering and lightning. And it's been several hours." So we flew home. And we got home like at two in the morning, and I, I went to bed. Got up the next morning, and uh, I was playing golf with my brother and a couple of other buddies. And they go, "Hey, uh, did you see where they finished the game?" And I said, "You crazy? They didn't finish the game." Well, uh, Daryl Bevel called me first, and he was he was like, "Man, coach is pissed." I'm like, "Why'd they play the game?" <laughs> So Mike Mike Sherman called me and yeah he raised his voice a little bit to me and I, I mean that was nothing I could say I, and my exact uh, response to him was like they should have never played the game <laughs> the guys had gotten stiff gotten I think a lot of guys got in their street clothes too and they still decided to play it uh, so yeah uh, I, I was a little premature in in my judgment there. Would you have done it with Mike? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? Mike, would have, he would have never let me dress in street clothes. So no. he never gave me the, the you know, the – that kind of opens the door for something like that, in my opinion. But he would have never opened the door. Brett, there's one story that Chewy's told – that is one of my favorites that happened in the Super Bowl when you guys beat New England. And I don't know if it was you, you made an audible, but Bruce Wilkerson playing tackle had to make the call for the offensive lineman. I believe it was a cow call. Do you know the story it I'm talking about? You remember that, Brad? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a cow call. So and, I want to uh, hear your perspective on that. Well, I don't remember the exact play, but I, I do remember it happening. Bruce Wilkerson... Uh, was uh was a great guy, a great player that he came in and filled in, and he didn't look the part. But <laughs> no. Bruce was Bruce was a great guy, but he had a stuttering problem. Um, and as you would imagine, all the guys gave him a hard time. Uh, all you know, it's, it sounds hateful, but we, we it was in fun. So we had this call that was a cow call, and I can't remember who did what. Uh, but he was he kept. <laughs> That's how he made the call. So that one will live in infamy. Uh, In fact, when I see Bruce to this day, that's one of the first things I say to him. And he laughs. How do you how do you keep it together as the quarterback on the play when you hear your tackle mooing? Trust me. I was, I was, I don't know what I looked like on TV, but in the, in my head, I was laughing hysterically. Because we're all immature, Gabe. We're all a bunch of little kids playing out there. <laughs> Who are you talking to yeah, right and, now? And the, and, the, and the biggest game, you know, ever. And and that's really one of the, the defining moments that I remember more than any. Yeah, that's that's a true story. Yeah, totally. Wait, true more story. more than the touchdown to Andre, more than your own touchdown run in the Super Bowl. That's the one, Bruce Wilkerson mooing. That's the one that comes to your head from Super Bowl thirty one. Well, the the Andre pass, 
uh, and, and the the cow call probably or equally at the very top of the list because they he ran the wrong route. He ran the wrong route. He'd been there three weeks, and we had we never checked to that play. That play and that, now do you remember what, talked Br- about Brett? You remember what you checked out of? It was probably three twenty two. Three twenty two wide stick. I'm like, what? No, I mean, we had never – we had talked about Razor, but it was out of a base formation. We were to, totally in a, an oddball formation and personnel group. Yeah. Uh, and for it to work was nothing short of a miracle. And that's why I was, when I took my helmet off and was running around, everyone said, oh, look at Brad, how excited he is. What they really didn't know was I was thinking, can you believe this actually works? <laughs> The good news is, Brett, we have got you all season long. There'll be so many more stories for you to confirm or negate. What was the statement at the beginning? I don't remember that one. And you were like, oh, the Buffalo in Toronto. (laughs) Uh, The well is deep with our new buddy and our new pal, Brett Favre. I guess you're old pal, but listen, he and I are close now. Favre. Me and Favre. Drop the mister. (laughs) Brett, thanks for joining us this morning, and we'll talk to you again soon. See you, Brett. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you all.